And we're back. Hello, Lath. Hey, Nathan. How are you? I'm very well, mate. How are you going? I'm very well. Can't complain at all. That's good. It's great to be back for episode six after a long delay. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, when was the last one? Do you do you remember? Oh, it must have been three, three or four weeks, I think. Okay, okay. So, probably just after the new year, I'd imagine. I think, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, a lot's happened, as it always does. Uh, fortunately, a lot of positive things have happened, so uh, that's one good thing. I just had a quick look before um, before we did this, and I noticed that the stock market, uh, the AS, the all ordinaries, I should say, uh, is up nine percent since its low, which was set on the twenty fourth of December. So that's a pretty solid gain, and um, yeah, we're currently at five thousand nine hundred and seventy one. So who would have thought? It's looking good. It's looking good. I think uh, fans of the podcast will be happy with a few suggestions. Yes, I think some of our recommendations, or actually this isn't financial advice, <laughs> uh, some of our suggestions have uh, have done pretty well. Not all of them. Some of them haven't been too flash, but uh, overall it's been a pretty good market. It's definitely given some ideas anyway. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, what have you been up to? What's been happening with your portfolio? Any buys, sells, anything you're looking at? What's yeah, look, I've had to sell a few things uh, for, for practical reasons uh, yeah. in recent times. So unfortunately, I haven't been as active as I would have liked to have been. Yeah. But um, but had some pretty good results with a few of the stocks that we've spoken about previously. Okay. Uh, so that's been nice. Yep. Uh, Afterpay's done well over the last sort of few weeks. It has, yep. Yeah. Been watching Afterpay go up and up and up. Yeah. So. That's been picking up, which has been nice. Uh, Kogan was another one that's uh, that's come good recently, and yeah, uh, it's okay. dipped back again. Yeah. But um, I did manage to sell it out of that mid fours, which was a Very good result. Good. Very good. Um, yeah, they they came out with a profit um, announcement, just a preliminary one, and uh, it was good news according to the market. And so uh, up she went. Yeah, exactly. I think they had a you know a good result over the Christmas period in yeah. terms of their sales and so forth. So. Yeah, that's that's good to see. I, I still think they've probably got a bit a bit to go. Yeah. Um, but I think you know there was a sort of easy short term win there. Yeah, for sure. So that that was nice. Um, yeah, had to sell a few others. I haven't really been actively buying. Um, no. But again, yeah. just just for practical reasons. So. Yeah. Um, but uh, still hanging on to a few and and uh, hoping that they can run a bit further. Okay. What about yourself? Sounds Anything. Good. Uh, yeah, I've been pretty busy in the market, <clears throat> so um, it's been good. I've uh, I've been in the position to uh, to have bought some stocks and also been selling a few stocks to uh, to just get some more cash. I think that you know as the market goes up, it's a market to probably sell into strength and a market to buy into weakness. So I've uh, I've probably increased my cash holdings uh, based on what I had by probably about fifteen percent, I suppose. So um, I'm I'm ready to pounce on stocks that I feel have been oversold. There's still a lot of stocks that are down quite a lot that are in, uh, that have a lot of negative sentiment around them, but there's a lot of stocks like Kogan that are making, uh, you know, announcements to the market, updating the market on how the last quarter's gone. And so I've got a watch list now of stocks that I feel have become really oversold. Uh, should they, you know, come to the market and say, hey, you know, things are going on track, I'm ready to pounce, and yep. so uh, that's how I'm playing it at the moment. And as I said, I've sold some shares, so I've got some cash ready to uh, to deploy into stocks like that. A couple of which I've uh, done a bit of research on for the for the listeners today. So uh, okay, great. Well, is there any uh, standouts that you'd that you'd want to mention? Uh, look. Let's, I'll give you an example of a, of a trade that I have uh, currently got open, which is employing this kind of strategy. So the stock is, the code is IRI, and it is called Integrated Research. Okay. Heard yep. of them? I have heard of them, but I don't know much about them. Yeah, it's more in your part of the, the market, I suppose. They're a software company. They're involved in business, um, business consulting and payments. So um, I don't know any more than that. I don't really care. <laughs> It uh, doesn't matter to me. Um, I don't fall in love with the stories of these stocks. I just like to know what they do and then that's it. It's more about what the numbers, what the trends are telling me. Uh, but anyway, so I looked at this stock. It had come back a lot. And they did like a Kogan. They did an announcement to the market. The announcement was good. Um, this is going to test my memory now, but I feel like the stock was around about a dollar eighty. Um, prior to the announcement, the market opened. They opened at $2.00. 
and which is a fairly substantial jump in a day and but I still felt confident that this stock based on my research was well and truly undervalued and that there was going to be a big turnaround so I bought at the open I got some shares at two dollars um, I don't know what they are today they're sitting actually I can tell you what they are today they're at their two dollars 44 today uh, they hit a high they hit over 260 uh, I'm looking for them to get probably over 280. I'll probably offload then, uh, depending on the price action. But three dollars is is fine. Look, this is a stock that easily go to four, five, six dollars in the next 12, 18 months. Right. But if I can capture, you know, 50% of that in a space of a month or so, that's what I'm going to do. I'll yep. take that money and be ready for the next stock that I perceive to be oversold that hopefully updates the market with some good results. Yeah. Um, so IRI, so as I said, it's come back a bit. It went up to 269 or something, I feel, like it was flying, and then it's come back to 244. Understandable, you know, these stocks have to have a breather. They just can't keep going up and up and up. So it's taken a bit of a breather. I'm still super confident, still like the stock. Um, just, just some statistics. These are the sort of things that I look at. Um, but every year since 2010, they've increased their earnings per share, right. except for one year. Yep. They had one downturn year a few years ago, but every year that's up. Um, it's sitting on a price-earnings ratio of 27. That's fine. This is a stock that's growing. I don't really care about the price-earnings ratio that much. It's something that I look at, but I don't buy based on it. So, oh, wow, this is a 10, I'm going to buy it. This is a 50, I'm not going to buy it. it it's, that's only a very small piece of the puzzle. Um, it's sitting on a yield of 2.7%, so fully franked, it pays dividends, it makes money. Um, and look, this is another thing. In 2010, it set a low of 25 cents. Today it's $2.40, that's 10 times gain in, in eight, nine years. That's another thing I look for. This is a stock that's got a history of performance. Um, so these are the sort of things, it's got a return on equity of tw just under 20%, ticks another box, that's a great return on equity compared to so many stocks on the market. Um, so as I say, I've got a fair value estimate of $2.80 to $3.40, yeah, that's fair value. So you know, these stocks overshoot all the time. It could easily, that's why I say it could easily go to four to five. Yep. Not tomorrow, it's gonna take time to get there. Um, but I, I'm not gonna hold it for that at this stage. If I do more research, if they come with more announcements and I, I feel like it's a stock to hold, then, and also if my, feelings about the market change and I feel like it's now a time to start holding some stocks, then of course this would be right up there with um, my top candidates for that sort of um, situation. But as I said, for me, if it gets to 280, I'm happy to sell it at fair value or just below yep. um, because it was so far away from um, fair value before when I took the trade on. Right. So you sound pretty confident about that one. Is there any, are there any risks that you see associated with it? Is there anything that would cause you to sell any, anything that you're looking out for on that side of things? No, not really. Okay. Um, the main thing for me is the market. You know, if the market sentiment changes, then yep. it could turn against this stock and every other stock. And if it looks bad, well, then I'll probably have to take my chips off the table now at around 240. Mm. Be happy with that, uh, 20% gain in a couple of weeks. And again, just have money in the pocket ready to maybe pick up this stock. I mean, this is a stock that's well and truly on my radar now. Yep. So even, you know, I've done the work on it, I've done the numbers on it. Yep. Um, it's a stock that I might trade, you know, another 10 times in the next 10 years, who knows? Yep. Um, I like it as a trading vehicle and, uh, and it just got oversold. And um, so yeah, pretty confident and uh, just, you know, more market than anything else. It's gonna have a breather at the moment and then hopefully, as I said, it can push on up to 280 and then I can step off and, hopefully give it to somebody else that can make some more money on it. Yeah, well, it's a nice little return already, isn't it? Yeah, it's off to a good start, so I've got to be happy about that. Very handy. Yep. Okay. One to keep an eye on. I'll have yep. to look into that one too. IRI. IRI. What about yourself, mate? Anything that you'd like to uh, discuss? Yeah, look, I thought one stock I'd bring to the table today is a, is a stock that I am invested in. Uh, it's certainly a very small part of my portfolio, but uh, it's an interesting one that people might not know about. So it's called Reed Cloud. It's a uh, ticker symbol is RCL. Uh, so it is a, uh, a company that's, that uh, creates online um, uh, e-reader material essentially for schools, secondary schools mainly. Um, so the whole concept is about bringing textbooks onto a digital platform to allow students and teachers to be able to refer to them and not be carrying around you know, tons of weight in their bag and so forth. Um, 
it's, uh, you know, that's the main concept. I guess one of the cool things about it is uh, students can annotate in it, they can write in it, they can add notes, they can discuss things collectively. Okay. Um, so it's trying to basically bring, you know, schools into the into the 21st century in that sense. So um, it's only small. It's, uh, I think the market cap's a little over 20 million. I think it's around 24 million, something like that. Um, had about had about 2 million in revenue over the last 12 months uh, and, and growing. So... Okay. It's it's been around since two thousand and nine, so it's had a fair yeah, runway, right. mm-hmm. um, but obviously it's still you know still developing. But okay. I like the concept behind the stock. Um, I'm obviously, I have a different approach to you. I like to look at you know understand what they're trying to do and look at the story and see whether that fits with what I think might be might have a good runway and long term future. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense to me. You know this kind of model of uh, of bringing these things online. Obviously, there's going to be some resistance to that from existing, you know, manufacturers of textbooks and so forth, and mm-hmm. and from schools themselves. I think there's been, you know, it's a big change to be able to implement something like that. Sure. Uh, but so far, I think they've got around seventy schools on board, okay. something like that. the The market, the addressable market of secondary schools in Australia, is something like three thousand. So mm. there's, you know, mm-hmm. there's a big runway there. But there's also uh, the opportunity to expand into, you know, primary schools, uh, potentially even younger. Uh, and also tertiary education. Okay. So it's only been on the market f- since uh, I think February of last year. Okay. okay. So it's relatively recent. I think when it IPO'd, it um, it came onto the market. Uh, I think at twenty cents, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, shot straight up to thirty three. Mm-hmm. Where it is now, it's at twenty eight cents. So it's a little okay. bit below that that sort of uh, where it got to on day one. Yep. So it's fallen a long way. Yep. It, it spiked up to about $0.62 cents in August. Okay, wow. Yep. And then it's come come right back down to around 28 Okay. Well, it's positive that it's above 20 That's the that's the big thing. With a lot of these stocks, when they list, if they fall below that IPO price, then you'll often see them capitulate. So that's good. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, you'd have to think that it's a more, you know, more exciting prospect, you know, 12 months on uh, yep. with... You know the increases in revenue that it's had with the you know the gains in schools which it's had and so forth so yeah. I, I think there's a lot to like about it uh who knows what they're going to say in the next report how you know how how things are going to look but uh so far it's been fairly positive okay. obviously they're spending a lot of money to try and acquire new customers and things like that but yeah. Yeah. so it's it is high risk obviously yeah. but um i think there's a lot there's a lot to like about it okay uh They've recently acquired an RTO um, to try and integrate with them and to spread out to more schools. So, What's an RTO? Um, oh, like a registered training organization. So, oh, okay, yep. Um, so as just a way of sort of integrating with them and, and being able to, uh, yeah, to reach more schools. The other yeah, strategy yeah. they have is sort of a reseller strategy. So they work with companies like um, Office Max who provide, um, you know, pants, pencils, books and things okay, to schools. Yep, yep. So, and Jacaranda, which is a textbook manufacturer as well. Okay. So I like that strategy. They're, they're not too precious about their product in, in the terms of they're allowing these other companies to white label it and sell it on to their customer base. Yep. Uh, so they lose, you know, they don't make as much when they do it that way, but at least they're getting it, you know, getting the product into a school. Okay. Uh, and, you know, the main thing is it has, has the attributes of companies that I like. Once it's ingrained, it's very unlikely that you're going to get rid of a company like this. It's going to have stickiness. As long as the product is, you know, maintains its quality and continues to improve and adapt then yeah. you know, once you get a school on board it's it's highly unlikely they're going to transition away from it yeah okay so that's that's the big thing that i like about it and another thing that's nice is that the board and management team are the major shareholders yeah uh, so you, you know that their their values are aligned with your own as a shareholder yeah. so yeah i think there's a fair few few positives about a company like that okay sounds good i'd never heard of it so thank you again for introducing me to a new company i always like that <laughs> yeah well it like like i said it's very small it's not well known um yep. it's still still trying to break through but it's uh you know it could be a nice one for people to keep an eye on and just uh and just to follow along with okay very good recloud rcl yeah Excellent. have a look yeah i'll definitely check it out what about yourself what else was on the list for you um yeah i've got a i've still got a okay let's talk about Treasury Wine Estates. Okay, we've talked about them a little bit. Yeah, yep. so let's go back and revisit that. Sure. So, um, it's a stock that I liked back when we talked about it. Um, I think we might have talked about it maybe even on the first podcast, maybe the second one. Uh, still like it. And it's 
recently come out and updated the market. And so, you know, I, 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 like, I, I like it when a stock comes out to the market and says that everything's pretty much on track. You know, then everything else that you, you know, that you might look at that makes you determine, you know, that a stock is a buyer uh, is obviously supported then by at least recency in their, in their earnings. So that's what Treasury Wines did. They came out, they pretty much said, yep, everything's on track as far as what the brokers think we're going to achieve. It's pretty much what we're going to achieve. It seemed like it might've been a slight miss. Um, and the market was a little bit hesitant at the start. It sort of shot up on the first day, then it came back and it settled and then the market sort of woken up and said, well, hang on, even though it might've been a slight miss, this is a quality stock that's at a very attractive price compared to where it's been. And so we've seen it, you know, steadily rising. So um, just again, some of the numbers that I, I look at when I looked at this stock that again, makes it appealing to me is again, same like the last stock. So every year since 2010, it's increased its earnings per share except for one year. Um, its chart at the moment looks great. So again, like IRI, the chart is, is going up and the trend is your friend. So, um, so that's another tick. Um, also, it's been growing its earnings per share over the last uh, nine years, on average 24% per annum. Fantastic uh, numbers there. Uh, has a return on equity of 10%, so not as good as IRI, but it's a different business when you're dealing in commodities. Obviously, there's gonna be a lot more money invested in the stocks, so, um, so that's that. Uh, it's currently on a price earnings ratio, historically, uh, of 27 and a half, and it's had a price earnings rate uh, range in the last few years of between 24 and 43. So this is a stock that, you know, potentially could double almost, um, and still be within its range of what it's traded at previously. I'm not hanging around for that. Mm. You know, it's 27 and a half at the moment. Um, it's paying a, a yield of 2.6%. Uh, I've got a fair value estimate just based on the way I do numbers. And you know, these are all just theoretical, but, but between 1679 and 2266, it's a pretty big range. Often I get a closer range, but with this one, there's quite a different, uh, quite a lot of factors involved. Um, that's over the next 12 months. And they're tra currently trading, I think, around $15.40 or something like that. So um, for me, this is a stock that I like for the longer term. I just don't like this market for the longer term at the moment. So I'm not quite sure how I'm going to play it. But if I do see a quick spike, I'll probably take money off the table with this one. Um, but I, I do own it. I, did, I failed to mention that. I'm sitting on only a small profit at the moment, nothing major. Um, so yeah, I'm looking for another couple of dollars in this stock and then I'll, I'll probably step off. But again, this, this, to me, there's a lot more potential for a stock like this to be upgraded than to be downgraded. So, um, especially, and this is a stock as well that will probably fly if, if we do get a trade agreement. Yeah. I think it has been, the sentiment around it has been affected by that, even though I'm not convinced that the stock is necessarily traded because of, you know, affected because of that in, in its own trading. Uh, so that's another um, catalyst, but it's not something that I'm really looking for with this stock. But yeah, Treasury Wine Estates, still like it, still uh, one of my faves. Yeah, right. Do you know much about the story with Treasury Wines? Like, I mean, is it really just a, a China play? Is that why it's having so much growth or is there other reasons for it? Yeah, uh, I don't know heaps about it, but yeah, I, I think a big part of it is the China play. Yeah. Um, because, you know, obviously that's such a, a large addressable market and they are somebody that's in there. They have... They have um, they're pretty well established in China. So if you want to play the China theme, this is definitely a vehicle for that. And as a result of the problems with China, it has come back a lot. And as I said, they've just updated the market. Things are still on track. So, yep. um, you know, for some reason it was it was good to pay 43 times earnings not that long ago. Yeah. And, uh, and now people only want to pay 27 and a half. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, to see it uh, keep yeah, as I said, the chart looks good. Keep grinding higher. Well, there was that sort of exuberant period where stocks like Treasury Wines, Blackmore's, A2M, yep. um, Bellamy's, yep. they were all sort of on obscene multiples. Yeah. I suspect we won't get back to those levels, but, uh, you know, I think you're right that if we do get a trade deal, we might see you know an uptick in those stocks. In those and, stocks, and yeah. Even though I, I, it's not necessarily justified. No. It, it may well. No. It may it, well follow. That's right. I mean, there's 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 an argument for trying to find stocks that don't fit any boxes. You know, because when the when you, when a stock does fit a, a kind of box, 
these themes get played out, you know. So brokers will start putting in their reports, oh, yes, there's going to be a slowdown in China. All Chinese-facing stocks are there for a sell, you know. And, and, and so these stocks just get... And that's the advantage of, you know, doing your numbers, sitting and being patient, keeping an eye on a stock, knowing what it's about. And, and then, you know, because you will get opportunities where they do become below fair value, you know. And so... But you know, if you had a stock that you liked for the longer term, you are probably better off in some ways trying to find something that doesn't fit these themes, and therefore it can just continue to, you know, on its destiny, if you like. So yeah, um, it's nice if you can pick them up when there is a bit of negative sentiment, though. I guess absolutely, and, yeah. absolutely. In in this sort of market, you know, the market. I mean, probably any market. There's always going to be a theme. There's always going to be a story. It's going to be overdone. And again, if you if you can invest with at least a twelve month view, but even a longer view, well then it provides fantastic opportunities to get into great stocks at, at good prices. Yeah, you know, so it's definitely not an efficient market. You know, there's this silly debate that's been had for years since the markets existed: is an efficient market? Is it an efficient market? Well, you know, how does it go from forty three times earnings to twenty four times earnings in the space of only a couple of years? You know, where's the efficiency in that? When if you look at its earnings during that time. Yes, I think there was a dip one of those years, and the rest of the years it's been up, and all the years before that it's been up. So, yeah. you know, yeah, these are, these are you know crazy overestimations of, yes. of what's going to happen, and, and you know this idea around China and, and this growing addressable market. Obviously, yeah. it's, it's it's a genuine theme, yeah. but uh, you know, it's just crazy the the way that we've yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's very difficult. You know, it's one thing you know this this great big opportunity in China exists, but. It, you know, Australian companies are a drop in the ocean. You know, exactly. we're not the only countries exactly. trying to compete and get into that market. Exactly, and, and it's, it seems like it treats it as though these companies are just going to come in and dominate those markets, yeah. and there's going to be no competition coming yeah. internally or coming from other Correct. countries. It, and and it's not the most open market either. No. You know, so the Chinese government sitting there, and they know the opportunity that these companies can can see, and so they say, okay, well, that's fine, but if you want access to that, what's in it for us, you know? Yeah. So they're also, you know, trying to set the, you know, because I think it's all catching them a bit off guard as well. It's all happening so fast, the change is so fast. They're trying to put the right re legislation in place so that one, they can uh, make sure the safety of these products that are coming, but also, of course, so they can get their cut. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think there was a, a broken note recently which said they'd cracked down a lot on this sort of, um, you know, personal service where people are importing it themselves right. and selling it on for that reason they yeah, just want the, they it's just a want black the cut, market you know? yeah. it's a black market yeah. it's a total black market it's yeah, a yes. massive black market so you know you can't blame a government for trying to to get their cut yeah no, it makes sense so for sure. it's, it's not easy uh, yeah so anyway so that's uh, Treasury Wine Estates as I said still like them they're not a super bargain at this price but if you want an opportunity if you if you particularly for people that are looking for a long-term view you want to add a stock to your portfolio that you want to hold for 10 years well based on the performance of this stock in the last 10 years and you know history is not always a great indicator of the future but there's no reason to think that this stock is going to fall over and and die you know it's it's doing so many things right it's done so many things right it just ticks so many uh fundamental boxes and at the moment, we've seen the price come back. I think the price was maybe up around twenty bucks. I don't, I can't remember. Um, and now they're around fifteen dollars. It's a good opportunity. You can buy it at you know two years ago prices, kind of thing. So that's how I look at it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Have there been any that you've looked at that you think just are just looking overvalued on the other end of the spectrum at the moment? Is there anything that stands out on that side? Yes. Yes. Um, so when, it, when we talk about overvalued, it's a little bit trickier because you do, in a lot of cases, have to take into account market forces. So for instance, you know, the obvious stock that comes to mind when you say that, and this isn't a stock that I follow very closely, so I'm not gonna talk like I'm an expert in this sure. stock, um, but I, fo I follow CSL, okay? Yeah. I own CSL, I love CSL. To me, it's feeling too expensive. But I don't know if you ever hold CSL feeling like it's cheap. So that's the hard one because I, I feel like based purely on a, on a value um, trading uh, philosophy, you'd have to sell CSL at these levels. It's, it's, I, I, it's, I'm waiting for it to probably touch $200 and I'm probably going to offload it at this stage. But I also know that it's a stock that could just keep going up and up and up. So, but the stock that stands out to me is Cochlear. Um, sits alongside CSL, they kind of just go in tandem. They kind of people I think in the market just kind of seen them as one and the same. Um, 
but cochlear to me looks more vulnerable than CSL and it's uh, and it's a bit more expensive as well I think on a few um, measures so uh, again I don't have the numbers for cochlear in front of me but they, I did just briefly look at it the other day and just go wow that's a stock I couldn't hold at these levels yeah so yeah there's definitely stocks that have overshot the other thing that I said when you have to f factor in market factors is stocks like CSL Macquarie Group um, and I'm not saying Macquarie Group's expensive um, but cochlear the major US dollar earners yeah. and we're seeing the US dollar starting to come back um, as, as the anticipation for rate rises in, in the US decreases and so um, and, and I, I feel like that's probably going to continue that that's probably going to keep coming back a bit now and so that's not good for US dollar earners so again a cochlear a CSL these stocks to me uh, are looking too expensive so if I've been watching CSL gets to 200 I think I'm going to take my profits it's going to hurt you know I think I bought them I've traded them a number of times but I think the last purchase was around 130 um, I've bought them below $100 in the past and uh, and so you know it's a stock that I just absolutely love, but you can't you can't fall in love with these things because I do also feel like the opportunity to probably buy this stock at a lower level will will present itself again. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I had uh, CSL and, and another one that kind of gets thrown into that bundle, which is Resmed, and, yeah. and held them for for about eighteen months, and that was probably six months ago when I sold out of those. Yeah. Um, and I was lucky enough to get out at a pretty good time there, yeah. um, where CSL was just over two hundred at that time. But it actually it had gotten up to two thirty. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it, it it was one of those ones that just it's stretched too far. Yeah. And uh, but for me, companies of that size, if they're trading at thirty times earnings plus, it's it's just very hard to see them continuing to get that growth to, to justify an earning mul earnings multiple like that. Yeah. So like you say, it's a brilliant company. Yeah. It's, it's hard it to It is. And that's why, you know, the, the earnings multiple side of it, you know, and this is it. When you look at these stocks, like when you ask me that other stock, you know, what does it do and what do you think and what are the risks? And, and I don't look at, I'm looking at them all as, as vehicles. It's like, okay, I'm buying your earnings. How much am I paying for your earnings? Now with CSL, you're paying a major premium to get access to their earnings. But their earnings are rock solid and their, and their management is rock solid and their performance and their history is rock solid. That's why you pay for it. The other reason you pay for it is because it is a stock that you know, is also inflated because it's a major component of the ASX. And so again, if you're an overseas fund man manager, you want access to Australia, you know, these are the stocks that you're buying. So there's a number of factors that just structurally put that stock on a higher multiple than other stocks. And so, um, you know, so you've got to factor all that in, but at $200, US dollar looking a little bit shaky at these levels, I'd be stoked if I can get out for 200, I think at this stage and, um, and move on to something else, but it won't be a stock that I'll delete from my watch list, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's all pretty reasonable. It's just... I, I guess the way I think about it is it doesn't give you any scope for upside on, on a multiple like sure. that. You're not going to get that additional bonus. No. You're just going to be able to track with their earnings growth. And, Correct. You know, but there's there's no way for you to, to have that positive upside on something like that. Whereas yeah. whereas if something goes wrong, you can very quickly have that significant downside. So that's kind of absolutely. the way I look at something like that. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But well, um, I'd rather buy IRI and buy it you know, at a much lower multiple at a time when it's just been in a bit of a downturn and see that it comes out and, and says, you know, that the earnings are good. As I said, you know, it's not much difference between IRI and, um, and, 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 and CSL when you look at it because, you know, you're just buying their earnings. The earnings every year except for one in the last nine years, as I said, have been positive for IRI. So, um, yeah, so this is how I look at it. But CSL, yeah. there's, there's definitely stocks that are looking expensive. And I, I'm sure if you looked at, you know, and I don't look at the overseas markets, but I'm sure if you were looking at the American market, you would be able to find even more examples of stocks that have, have run too far. So. Yeah, I listened to Roger Montgomery's podcast not that long ago. Okay. He, he did a piece on CSL, which I thought was quite interesting okay. if anybody's you know wants to... Yeah to listen into it but uh it's yeah. sort of shout out to rog yeah, yeah. well i know roger's uh, yeah. probably roger. listening out yeah. there so <laughs> thanks rog um yeah. he's been sending in some I questions like rog. Yeah. I think he does good stuff he yeah. is he's he's, yeah. he's sharp he's and he's, he's yeah. quite sensible yeah yeah he, he loves reese 
I, I just just as an aside. Yeah. Anytime they put him on the TV and they say, oh, you know, is there a stock that you like, Roger? Because he's always saying, oh, it's very hard to find value and is it a value investor and we're sitting on a large amount of cash at the moment and this and that. They always say, oh, and he's, what's the stock you like? He always says Reese, R-E-H. And I always look at this stock and I think, what does he see in it? Yeah. You know, it's not a bad stock. Yeah. But as a value investor, it doesn't look cheap. And it, if, if the whole housing market and everything's looking negative, then it's... I don't know. I don't see what you see in Reese, Rog, but uh, I'm sure you you know you know much more than me. Uh, just drop us a line, Roger. Have you just let us know what? Uh, yeah. What what what, what, what am I missing Reece? with Reese? Doesn't look cheap. Earnings are good. I mean, it's got a history of solid earnings. You know, so it ticks a lot of boxes, but um, it doesn't look super cheap at the moment. Yeah, there was one other one that I mentioned there, which was ResMed, and and it was actually on my mind because today it did uh, drop about fifteen percent. Um, and that's sort of the the kind of thing I was talking about, where yes. you have you know something slightly rocky and then you know Correct. falls away. Yes, uh, it's still got a long growth runway and it's a great business. Great so, business, yeah. yeah. And I actually like what they're doing. They're investing into software models, recurring revenue streams. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. They've been acquiring companies that okay. that use health data. So I, I think their long term future will probably be very bright. Okay. But not a stock I follow. I did notice that they fell by fifteen percent based on that fifteen percent fall if you were looking to add a quality stock to your portfolio for the long term do you think a 15 percent fall was enough or would you like to see it come back a bit look more? it's still expensive for me to to add it but but you know if we are talking about the long term you're probably not going to do badly out of a company like that so okay. um i'd like to see it fall a little bit further for me to be really interested yeah. but it's probably not it's probably not far off a fair value for a company as good as it is okay okay yeah. cool Anything else? Any other stocks? Any, uh, anything else catch your eye? I, I, I just want to interrupt you before you answer that question. <laughs> just look, just a little statistic, just a little thing that I looked at, look at from time to time, which listeners might find interesting. Um, so with all the markets falling, uh, I, I look at a lot of licks, listed investment companies. I like to see what their net tangible assets are doing. Uh, one of the things I like to see is how much cash they're holding. And I like to see if they're increasing their cash, selling, you know, or, or, or decreasing their cash. So obviously in a fall like this, and we've had falls basically from September, we've had a bounce uh, since the end of December. I like to see if these fund managers are buying into this weakness or if they're selling into this weakness. And so I went through the Wilson um, funds just quickly. And a lot of their funds are quite similarly set up in that a lot of them before the market fell were starting to raise cash. So from that point of view, they get a tick. They were definitely selling when the market was becoming, before the market had started to fall, but when people were obviously starting to say, look, it's getting pretty expensive. So they were definitely one of the first movers in starting to move more to cash. Um, but interestingly, through uh, November to December, they raised cash even more. So they have two of their main funds, I think I noticed, were um, about 50% cash. Oh, wow. Um, which is a funny sort of concept. You know, you give your money to a fund manager and you say, manage it for me. And they say, okay, well, we'll take a percentage of the money that you give us. And then they only invest half of it. So they're still, they're still charging you the, um, the management fee on the entire amount of money. Um, Anyway, I can't find it right this minute, but I did make some notes. But yeah, 50% cash. So they aren't buying. They're, they're, yeah. they're, you'd have to say they're pretty negative. It'll be interesting to see this next one because uh, obviously the markets have now risen in January. Um, so the next one will come out usually around the 14th, the 13th of the month, which is still a little while away next month to find out what they did in January. But it'll be interesting to see if they've been buying or if they uh, have just sat on their 50% cash. But that's, that's one bearish indicator I would suggest that one of the best fund managers in Australia um, into the weakness has been reducing not uh, buying yeah I think that's definitely worth noting yeah. it's uh they they do traditionally hold quite a lot of cash they do they so, do but nowhere near 50 percent so no that's, was, that's yeah. unheard of really yeah. isn't it yeah it is yeah they usually like to sit you know I watch from time to time often around the 30 percent mark don't see him sort of go out and invest the way but i mean this is over you know the recent times and markets have been expensive for a long time for a value investor i suppose so it's not that um hard to believe but uh, 50 percent huge yeah so keep an eye on what they do 
Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Keep an eye out for their, you know, just check their uh, their, their announcements for uh, changes of substantial holdings, and that will give you an indicator as well of stocks that they're buying and sectors that they're looking at. And, you know, yeah, a I great mean, indicator. Yeah, we've discussed it before, but it's a, it's a really easy way to get some good advice by, yeah. by looking at what stocks they're holding, how much cash they're holding, and just, just tracking along with that. And yeah. give you, at worst, gives you some really good ideas to think about. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So, so sorry, I advice. interrupted you. So, did you have any. Um, Anything else you on your mind? Did you want to talk about any of the stocks that we've you know looked at in the past? Do you want to just sort of update on what your thoughts are on some of these stocks? Or? Um, look, I mean, I like a lot of the stocks that I've mentioned before, but I I don't Things want to rehash really them too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some, a couple of them have done really well. We've mentioned so yeah. far. Yeah. Um, I noticed um, what was that stock? Uh, Live Tiles LVT. Yep, it's been tracking up nicely yeah that's had a good run recently i think that's probably gone up 30 percent since we spoke yeah, about it so they've uh, had a couple of announcements and they've got a i think a director or somebody from microsoft yeah. has joined their board or yeah, something yep. so that's all positive we absolutely talked about that microsoft connection before so yeah and they've continued the revenue growth they're updating you know where they're at with that and i i it's one i'm very very confident about again because yeah. I, I just i don't see bad news on the horizon for a company like that yeah once they're, they've integrated their systems into a company and they've set up their intranet and you know got it working well for them the the payment of a sub- subscription fee is not going to bother anybody yeah. in the you know in the business so uh I, yeah i really like that company i think there's a there's a lot of growth ahead of that too yeah um, considering it fell from a very you know a much much higher point than where right. it's at so yeah i think it's attractive at these yeah a lot of upside i still like the other ones i still like red bubble um, mm-hmm. And that's still much that hasn't lower done than anything, I, has it? No, they it's been flat. It's, it's sort, sort of announcements or yeah. anything. So it's just that might be you know ominous. I don't know. You know, you might. That's meet. the scary part. Mm. You know, that's that's the part where again a stock like Redbubble, since you've pointed it out to me, it's on my watch list. It is one that I watch now for a positive announcement because obviously it has been sold down quite substantially. So it fits the category for that sort of trade. That if they come out with a positive update to the market. Exactly, and you've seen some of these other companies come out with these updates and say, yeah. hey, it was great, you know, we've done quite well, and, yeah. and seen their share price go up on the back of it. So yeah. you do wonder whether they, you know... Hold back. Yeah. yeah. But uh, That's I, where the director buying is interesting. That's yep. where I look for director buying a lot, just to sort of get some clues there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Paragon Care, we both hold or have held, at least. Yeah, unfortunately, I still hold it. It's, yeah. um, again, no news is potentially good news I suppose but they just haven't said anything but um, they look super duper cheap I wish I didn't hold them you know I'm sitting on a I don't know 10% loss or something at this stage ideally I probably shouldn't have bought them I probably should have just waited now for them to clarify to the market did my numbers worked out what I thought they were worth and then based on that just like the IRI trade that I discussed before um, probably enter the stock then but I'm in there now and uh, I'm holding my breath that um, things aren't terrible. But again, you know, based on what we've discussed with the stock before, there's no reason for this stock not to be performing well. Yeah, exactly. I, I still think there's there's plenty of upside, and it trades on a very very low multiple. Super low the, multiple. Yeah, for yeah. the kind of company that it is, and 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 I must say, it's a stock that, based on what I just said, if they do come out with a positive announcement, I will buy more. Yep. You know, but on that day, I'll I'll, I'll pile in because this stock is. Uh, you know, if things are on track, it's terribly oversold. Yeah. So that could be good. Has there been anything on Bingo? Any news on that stock? Mm, there was a little bit of news. Well, I don't know what what, what we last talked about with sure, Bingo, yeah. but um, they certainly did come out and they've, like I thought they would do, they've come out and sort of said, well, listen, what we'll do is we'll close down one of our um, processing facilities or something to try and, you know... Um, appease the uh the government the acquisition yeah with the acquisition so um exactly what i was hoping would happen and now we just have to hope that it works but look this is a stock's two dollars eleven i think at the moment it's worth it it's worth three bucks okay so it's down because of this uh short-term situation i mean if if they don't get the approval i don't know if they get another chance to say well okay we'll close another facility or we won't buy this component or what but um I, I still imagine that there's there's some um, deals that can be done there, and uh, and but as soon as the deal's announced, bang, this stock will fly. So I I, I really have a strong conviction for one. bingo, yeah. yeah. And it's come back a bit. As I said, it's about two eleven or something. I think it dipped down to about a dollar ninety or something. 
Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, uh, we, we're just see. waiting. I think that's going to, you know, probably next month or something, we'll get an announcement on that. So that could be good. Beautiful. Um, I've got a couple of quick ones if you sure. if, if we've got, still got time. Yep. Um, just a stock, I think we've mentioned it before, AP Eagers. Yes. Okay, so be watching that. I've done all my numbers. I was ready. And unfortunately, I wasn't on the market the day that they came out with the market update. <laughs> okay. And um, anyway, the, the, but this is the good part. So the market update came out, and what they did say, and it's only this small part of their announcement, but December car sales bounced back. So they've been sold down. AHG has been sold down. I can't think what they're called, but Automotive Holdings Group, I think they're called. Anyway, they're all the same thing, car dealerships. And in November, there was a fall in car sales. It was like 11% or some huge number. And so these stocks have been smashed. And as we discussed, Nick Politis, he's been buying stock in his own company. And sure enough, they've come out. The numbers weren't awesome, but they were certainly nothing um, to be too concerned about. But the main thing that I took away from that announcement was that car sales were up in, in that. So I thought, oh, wow. And they, by the way, they went up 10% um, that day. So they're like 6.60 now. They yep. were $6 at the start of the day. They were down in the fives when we were talking about them. Yeah, Uncle Nick's very happy. And, and Nick, Nick's <laughs> happy. And, and the other thing is I, I really had a good look at, again, not what they do, but looking at what the price does when things happen. And Nick has a history of buying this stock at the right time. And so, and if you go back to 2012, it's a similar time. He was buying stock, the stock was sort of a bit, you know, on the nose, and sure enough, since then, he's made out like a bandit on the stock that he bought then. So, his buying was very positive. But, here's the kicker. So, I missed the trade, I missed the thing. So then I thought, oh shit. And so, I went and I looked up AHG, which by the way, Nick Politis is a big shareholder in as well. And surprisingly, they'd only risen a cent or two. They hadn't gone up right. very much. And I thought, well, this is, if this has had a 10% effect on this stock, this, you know, it's all the same market, yep. it's got to have an impact on this stock. So I bought AHG, um, and they've been tracking it. It's like the market woke up the next day and said, oh, hang on, you know, these two stocks sort of do the same thing. This yep. could be good for that as well. It hasn't gone up heaps, but it's on the, way, it's on the right trend. I'm waiting for an update from them. Hopefully they say the same sort of thing and we get a bounce. I don't love the stock. I think that the trend for these new car sales down is looking a bit shaky with the whole property market and everything yep. else, which is yep. a whole other story. But in the short term, a stock that is one of the most oversold stocks on the market and you've got a stock sitting right beside it that's telling you, hey, things have bounced back. This stock hasn't really reacted to that news. Really like that story. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you, you may not know this, but do you know if there's been any insider buying on that stock in particular? Or uh, I think there has. Support? I think maybe. Oh, I'm not going to say yes or no. I can't sure? remember. Yep. But I feel like there had been. Yeah. I feel like there. I, and see, as I said, Nick's a, a shareholder. I, he may have even bought some more shares. I can't remember. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they're they're looking good. Yep. No, I like so, that idea. Not, don't love the stock, but I like that sort of. Logic, if you like. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, so AHG is the, the opportunity there. Look, AP Eagers, I still think it looks pretty cheap, you know, so at these levels, even though it's gone up, you know, 10, 15% from its lows recently. Uh, but, you know, I don't love it now at this, you know, the easy money's been made. Yeah. So, yeah. The money to be made it was now sort of 15 on that. To 20% theme, on that that movement the money on that theme now could, could possibly be made in ahg and again it's not a stock i like so if i get a 10 percent pop 15 percent pop i'm going to take it and, you know, and i'm ready for the next one yeah um got time for one more yeah okay so um so there's a bit of a story to this one uh so one of the best stocks that i th so when we talk about Let's just, just back up for a minute. So when we look at the market, there's this market of stocks, there's all these different companies, they've all got different managements, they've all got different histories, and then we often hear the talking heads talking about the same sort of stocks that are considered great performance based on you know a history of great performance. Stocks like REA Group, stocks like CSL that we mentioned, Aristocrat Leisure, all these sorts of stocks. There's a stock that I don't think really gets mentioned, and I think it is one of the best stocks on the market, and it's Credit Corp. Okay, yeah. Do you know Credit Corp? Uh, I know it, yeah. I don't know too much about it. It's but... just not in a very attractive kind of segment, if you like. So, But when you look at it just as an earnings vehicle, if you look at how much money it earns and how much you have to pay for it and the consistency of those earnings, 
it's as good as any of these stocks. The growth rate isn't massive. I think the growth is around about 10% per annum. Uh, I'll get to that, but the point is, every single year in the last nine years, it has increased its earnings, okay? So that's the first thing. Um, you can buy it today on a price earnings ratio of 14, okay? So you don't have to pay 30, you don't have to pay all these crazy things. Um, it has a yield of 3.3% fully franked, okay? Um, again, just like IRI, the example I gave before, 10 years ago, sorry, in 2010, the low for that stock was 224. Today, they're 21.54. Again, you've made 10 times your money in the space of nine years if you bought this stock there. Um, it's just a, it's a great company. And when you read its reports, they're easy to understand. You know, we, they, they basically, uh, now I'm not gonna even be able to explain it, they're so easy to understand, <laughs> but they're like debt collectors basically, right? Yep. So, they, so they, this is what they do. And they've just got this steady business model where they just keep recycling their cash. They make money from this debt, the debts get settled, they go and invest it and in so debt. And so they're purchasing the debt. They're purchasing the debt and collecting it, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's their business model, it's not glamorous, it's not exciting, but they do it fantastically well. And they're global, they're in America, they're, you know, so they're, they're, they're a big deal, and yet they just don't get talked about very much. Um, they have a return on equity of 20%, which is, which is great, because again, they're purchasing debts, you know, it's a, it's a bit labor intensive in some respects, but they do it well. They're obviously making a very good margin on these, on these debts, which tells you that they're very savvy at, and have very good systems that are just repeatable, you know, in, in this sort of thing. The, the price trend is up, okay? So the charting looks great. Um, it has, in the last 10 years, its price earnings ratio has averaged between 10 and 20. This is the average. Um, they're sitting at 15 and a half. So you could argue that they're at fair value. And I would agree, I would say they're at fair value. So you can't get super excited about this stock. They're a great stock at fair value, Yeah. okay? Uh, with a very, very consistent history of earnings, they're not too expensive. If you wanted to buy it and hold it for the long term, it'd be hard to argue with that. I, I hold shares in CCP. However, based on this thesis, I then thought, is there another stock that's like this stock that I can actually buy today that is actually cheap? Yep. And I actually think I found it. Okay. So the stock is... And I had to look up the name, funnily enough, but the code is PNC. And now I think I've forgotten the name. I told you what the name was. What's the name? Was it Pinnacle Credit or something? <laughs> What's the name, Lane? I told you. You were meant to remember. Oh, we do our um, research here. Well, we, we do. Outstanding. I, I've done more research than I've ever done for this podcast, <laughs> this particular episode. And, and as soon as I got in the car to drive here, I thought, oh, I don't know the name of that stock. <laughs> you anyway, have. Yeah, you've done a lot of research. I've got to give you I've that. I've got no reception, but it's going to come up in a minute. It's going to tell me the name. But the code in the meantime is PNC. So listen, it's very much like CCP. Uh, it hasn't been listed on the market for as long, um, but it's trading on a price earnings ratio of 10.8. Its yield is 4.6. They do the same thing. They purchase debts and collect the debts. Uh, their return on equity is 17.3. It's not as good as Credit Corp, but it is improving and forecast to continue improving. Um, it, it, so there's a lot to like. For it, over its history, which has only been, I think, six years or something has been listed, it hasn't traded at the multiples that Credit Corp has. But if they keep delivering the way they're delivering, it, it, there's a massive potential for it to be re-rated to a price earnings ratio of 14. So that's the first thing. Um, the other thing is managing director holds 10% of the company, the board and the management holds 6% of the company. If you read their um, reports, they're big on incentivizing their staff and everything else, so their, their, key, their management staff. I think it's a similar story to Credit Corp. You can buy it. Uh, at a much lower price earnings ratio, you can get a higher yield. It's a smaller company, arguably potentially with more uh, better growth prospects. Look, this would be the perfect company for Credit Corp to buy as well. Mm. You know, this is a perfect takeover um, that could just slot straight into everything that they do. So there you go. That's my um, high conviction um, pick for today. I don't own it. Uh, I only found it today. Um, but I have, as I said, I like Credit Corp. I've loved Credit Corp for a long time. I'll continue to hold that. That is a long-term stock. 
And um, I think I'll probably add PNC to my portfolio shorter, sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's an interesting pickup. The thing I like about it is that it's in an industry where you know, there may not be a huge competitive advantage for the bigger companies, you know, given yeah. the simplicity of what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, they probably can continue to, you know, to pick up some market share there and to, you know, keep on a steady trajectory. They're not likely to have a huge moat around them, I guess, Yeah, would be the way I think about it. Yeah. But and look, I looked I at... I must say, I don't know a huge amount about yeah, it. Yeah, check it out. I looked at a few reports and they just seem like, they just seem a bit younger than Credit Corp, if I can use that kind of, yep. you know, they just seem a little bit more savvy, they're a bit more, they seem a little bit more tech focused, you know, a little bit more customer focused, perhaps, you know, and so they're, they're, they're stepping into a different part of the market now. Um, and, they, and the way they do it, they do it with very small trials. So they just said, we're doing a small trial into this market, but based on our uh, customers, they've asked us for this product. And so now we're trying it. And so I like that sort of language. I like that they've got that sort of relationship that they've got. Um, and, and they've also gone through their latest report, they've gone to point out, you know, that they do rate very highly on these scales where they've done surveys on people, how likely are you to recommend this company and all that sort of yep. stuff. They rate very highly. So they seem, that seems to be a little bit more of their angle, I suppose. Yep. Um, you know, so nothing against Credit Corp, you can't fault them, but these guys look like they might be even a little bit more savvy again. So. Yep. Um, one to check out. Yeah, absolutely. If they're doing some some good split testing and getting customer feedback and working absolutely. back off that, absolutely. Yeah, sounds positive. Yeah, it does. Okay, so right. um, yeah, that's that's basically it. I've got one other stock here, but I'll save that for another day because we've you know I've spoken enough. I've yeah, spoken no, a lot. You've given us a lot of good ideas I've, today. Um, I'll I'll pick up my game next time. And, yeah, yeah, and no, throw in well, a few more. I but... know you've been busy, mate. So <laughs> I thought you know I'd, I'll just um, add a few extra ones there just in case. So. All right. Oh, good. Well, that's an, another podcast done. Feels good. Thanks for joining. I enjoyed me. it. <laughs> we'll look forward to hearing from you, Roger. If you want to just send yeah, us an email. Roger, or... Jeff, you know, as I said, start spending some cash so I can feel <laughs> a bit more confident about the market. And um, I also, I, have a, I had a subscriber question about copper. And we didn't get to that today. Copper is not the most exciting part of the market at the moment. Um, I did suggest Oz Minerals. I still think Oz Minerals is the way to go rather than a Rio or a BHP. But unfortunately for copper, it is mainly dominated by big players. So there, are, there isn't really anything too exciting there. But uh, if I come across anything to do with copper, uh, Linny, I will, uh, I'll definitely mention it on the podcast. <laughs> All right, we might revisit that one next week. No worries. Okay, Leith. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks, mate. Bye.